At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Happy Martin Luther King Day here, coming to you from a holiday Monday. Downtown Las Vegas, the Circus Sports Studio here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Well, Amal, we know seven of the eight teams that will be competing in the divisional round. The final game of Wild Card Super Weekend or Wraparound Weekend is tonight in SoFi with the Cardinals and the Rams. And we'll preview that coming up in the next segment. But it's Monday. And it always seems like Wild Card Weekend has a lot of shenanigans going on before we ever even started this show. You have a long list of shenanigans. Let's start out with our own Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr. Let's go in sequential order with Derek Carr. here. Let's start with first down, 33 seconds remaining, ball at the nine-yard line. Always want to give away 25% of your downs by spiking the ball when you're all set. Brilliant move there. I mean, I can obviously, you know, I don't want to criticize anyone. We went to that beautiful uh, educational establishment called Cal State University Fresno, but I don't think they're producing too many Rhodes Scholars there, including one Derek Carr. What the hell was he doing? You could not give away a down in that situation. Now, let's go to the fourth down play. When you need to get into the end zone. It should have been the third down play. Which should have been the third down play. Absolutely right. I love that. Let's go to the fourth down play. Oh, by the way, you might want to throw the ball into the end zone when you're down by seven points on a fourth down play, but that's okay. We'll throw it short of the goal line. Now, it was intercepted. You could barely see. I think it was A. Jones on the play. I don't even know because I couldn't recognize the Raider in front of the, behind the uh, Bengals defender. Look, giving away that play on first down was catastrophic, and then throwing the ball short of the end zone made no sense because I still remember the Titans throwing the ball short of the end zone, even though Jones made a terrific play in that Super Bowl. Dyson never scored. Yeah. Um, It's a disappointing end there. The Raiders fought their way back into that game. Cincinnati wins 26-19. Game stays under, and they cover the closing number of six. All right, let's move on to the game in Orchard Park on Saturday night, and you have a few words for the whole New England Patriots organization. Well, listen, I thought they did a tremendous job in this game. They stopped Buffalo on 12.5% of the drives. Unfortunately for Buffalo, the time ran out at the end of the game. They only scored in their first seven possessions. Can somebody once again tell me about the greatness of Bill Belichick? I believe we're going to go to Eric Mangini for comment. Tom Brady was unavailable, and that's why we see Bill Belichick's playoff record and his inability to win games without Tom Brady there. Do you give up a 47-burger only because they missed two two PATs? I thought this game might stay under the total if the Bills missed enough extra points. I mean, this was pathetic. They could not stop them. They looked like they didn't even want to be on that field. They looked like Notre Dame playing Alabama. (laughs) Here's a stat for you, Maul. The Patriots did not force a Bills punt in the last nine quarters of play. (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous defense. And people are going to still tell me it's all about Bill Belichick and that reason for the legacy has nothing to do with Tom Brady. It's all Belichick. 
Okay, keep keep smoking that crack pipe. Sadly, in western Pennsylvania and, and, and New Jersey, the Philadelphia Eagles will not be having their Super Bowl parade. Yeah, well, you know what? They might want to get a quarterback that can actually throw the football. That's kind of important in this league, especially since it's turned into a passing league, especially when you can't run the ball against this Tampa defense, which is stout against the run. This team was pathetic yesterday. I know they put up some points late in the game when it was over. They absolutely got walloped in this one. And how about the clock management we saw in this game at times? I mean, just pathetic. He ended the first half on both sides of the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe you don't want Rieger back there fielding punts as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you think that and uh, that Sirianni would go to Minshew at halftime? I didn't think that. I would have just simply because you had to spark this team in some way, some capacity. Season was on the line. Uh, Jalen Hurts was really struggling throwing the football. And this team, uh, I just think if they're going to go with Jalen Hurts, I, I don't see them winning. He Look, he doesn't throw the ball with the type of accuracy even Lamar Jackson has, and Lamar Jackson's going to throw three or four grenades a game. From eastern Pennsylvania to western Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this is more about the end of the first half. By the way, you know, Ben Roethlisberger absolutely killed this organization for the last three years with his ineptitude, but I thought last night, late in the first half, not that it would have made a difference in the football game, made a difference from a betting standpoint, didn't have a rooting interest in it one way or the other, at the end of the first half, it was 14-7. Steelers have the ball with less than two minutes to go. They uh, throw a play on first down, or it might have been a, I don't know, it was a, it was a forward handoff to Najee Harris. He gets tackled. The, the Chiefs don't take a timeout, which I was surprised by. If I'm Pittsburgh, I look like I'm lining up to go quickly. I would have taken the play clock all the way down and called timeout at one and then come back and run a play or whatever you wanted to do. Instead, they go three and out very quickly, allow the Chiefs an opportunity who convert a third and long 18, 19, 20, get a 20. touchdown. Third and 20, they throw, throw a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, to Travis Kelsey. I mean, a game should have been 14-7 at the break. Instead, they wind up with a fluke, and they end up uh, getting the lead and covering the first half there. I just thought it was terrible decision-making, but we really shouldn't be surprised. We've seen this from Mike Tomlin before. The inability to manage game clocks is so important, and I think we're going to get to a game that might have had that situation. Yeah, maybe. Um, now, we only have six minutes left in this segment, but I'll throw it to you with Mike McCarthy. You know, in Mike McCarthy's defense, it was probably tough for him to see the game clock in his home stadium. If you've never been to Jerry World, the big scoreboard is only 60 yards. It goes from the 20 to the 20. So if he couldn't see it anywhere on the field, he could have looked up like everybody else in the stands who watches the game on the board, and he could have seen how much time was remaining. How about this brilliant play to run Dak? From the 40-yard line, scrambles for 15 yards. Here's the problem, Like Everyone's going, oh, he had one second. Here's the, you didn't need one second. You needed two seconds because you got to get the ball spiked and then to be able to run another play. In essence, they were saying they're going to run three plays in 14 seconds. Horrible clock management. I will give credit to McCarthy for one thing, and I said this. I said down 16 on the fourth down. I said take the three points, put game pressure on the San Francisco 49ers. They did that because then you were expecting to make both two-point conversions, which I didn't think they'd be able to necessarily convert. So I like the three points they took. And then they were given the uh, interception, which allowed them to get back in the game. I'd like to make this point about the final play. If you're running this in practice, you should be running it with an official there and timing out exactly how long it's going to take you. And then you would know that 14 seconds leaves no margin for error. But did they learn nothing from Chase Claypool on Thursday night football when the, when the Pittsburgh Steelers were in Minnesota and the debacle of eight seconds running off because of him doing this and then the guard coming to, to grab the ball and it couldn't get into the official's hands? If Dak Prescott gets up and hands the ball to the umpire, they get that spike. Maybe, maybe not, and that's fine. And you're probably right that they do, but I just thought the play itself was a yeah. terrible play call. You've got to throw the ball, and you've got to get out of bounds. And if you can't do that, then take two, three shots at the end zone from the 40-yard line. I have. Uh, I mentioned Dak Prescott. He's next on your list. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, to me, it wasn't just that play, but how about the passing game of Dak Prescott? I mean, some of these throws were absolutely horrendous. You're a $160 million quarterback. You got to play like it. This team is expecting you to carry the mail. He was unable to deliver when necessary, and I, I thought it was just a failure in a game. They had an opportunity that they never should have. Uh, I, I thought San Francisco should have taken care of business a long time ago. Well, uh, how about also Randy Gregory from the Cowboys? Yeah, two holding penalties, but here's the most important thing. Randy Gregory holding on to Alex Mack like he was a joint. <laughs> I mean, this guy would not let go of this thing. What the hell was that? Tackling him? Did he think the center was keeping the ball on the run play? I don't even understand that. I mean, it was crucial play in the football game. Uh, Randy Gregory, just the decision-making, very poor. That that play cost Dallas two minutes of game time. 100%. Yeah, and then, then they got it back. <clears throat> with under 40 seconds to go. All right, yeah, you're an equal opportunity shenanigans guy. Let's go with Kyle Shanahan. Tell you what, they're getting five yards of carry. Debo Samuel is absolutely gashing this team against their defense. But no, 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 we don't want to run the ball. We've got Jimmy G here. We want to keep this game entertaining so that way CBS's broadcast lasts a little bit longer. This game should have been blowout city. Niners should have won this game by 17 to 21 points. Somehow they had to sweat it out in the final minute of this game for no reason. And we'll close off with Jimmy Garoppolo. Tell you right now, I can't say it any clearer. This guy's a loser. You can't win with this loser. There's a reason why they don't have a Super Bowl ring that was left on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy sucks. I don't know how to say it any clearer. You are never going to win with this guy. The greatest thing about sports is either you're a winner or a loser, and you are never going to get the Lombardi Trophy with this guy. Unless in the Super Bowl, you just hand the ball to Debo Samuel and never let him throw the ball. That miss to Brandon Ayuk at the end of the third quarter, Mike, was the game that allowed Dallas back in it. They get the first down. They killed the end of the third quarter. They probably moved themselves into field goal range. Pull away, get up by 19 points. This thing is done and dusted. Instead, Jimmy Garoppolo falls off a cliff from a confidence standpoint. Then he comes back and throws a pick on a horrendous throw. This guy is god-awful putrid. You want to stick with this loser? You will never win anything. All right. Let's transition to burning questions and see how many we can get in here before the first break. Something that, uh, or someone or something that didn't make your list was Jerome Bogar and his crew and the inadvertent whistle. For those of you that weren't watching, the first play under the two-minute warning, the Bengals faced third and eight from the red zone. Um, <clears throat> Joe Burrow was flushed from the pocket, running towards the sideline, threw a pass up. The side judge, thinking he had stepped on the end line, blew his whistle. Whistle sounded while the ball was in the air. The ball was caught for a touchdown. Bogar and the side judge um, conferred and determined that the whistle came after the catch was made, which was clearly not the case. Terry McCauley pointed out the play should have been a redo because of the inadvertent whistle, but replay cannot even review audio. My question is, will the competition committee in the offseason revise the replay rules so that they can take a look at and, and sound of audio? Yeah, you brought that up on Saturday, and I think uh, you're going to be correct. I missed that play because I was driving coming uh, down to meet you here at uh, Circa in the D. I didn't see the play, but you, you pointed out to me it was an absolute just abomination of a call and it was really crucial in this game because they got a touchdown out of it. It's something that you cannot allow to happen in the postseason. I don't know how it would have impacted the game necessarily. It might have played out differently. It may not have. But you don't want a situation like that arising. Second question. The Patriots' defense looked outmatched in Orchard Park on Saturday night. Will the Patriots be a playoff team next year? And will Bill Belichick ever get this team back to a conference championship game? No, he's not going to get them back to a conference championship game. They could be in the postseason. But remember one thing, their schedule will not be as weak as it was last year. Things will change a little bit. Mac Jones has got to step up when necessary. This team didn't play well. Mac Jones was not particularly strong. And the defense was absolutely horrendous. I mean, seven for seven. You talk about straight A's across the board. If you're a student, boy, that was impressive what Buffalo did. The only line move that wasn't correct this weekend was the Eagles down from eight and a half to seven. What was the public and sharp infatuation with this team this season? 
you know, I have no idea. They want to be right the one time they bet on Jalen Hurts. I mean, this guy, did anybody not watch the national championship game against Georgia in the Georgia Dome when this guy couldn't throw the football? I mean, 21 yards passing, and Brent says to me, no, you're crazy to make a quarterback change. They don't have another national title in Tuscaloosa if they stick with this guy at quarterback. There's a reason why he wound up in Norman. The bottom line is you're not going to win much with Jalen Hurts. This is a passing league. As great as Lamar Jackson has been during the regular season, how many rings does he have in Baltimore? Yeah. How many playoff wins? Zero. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Every other move. Um, the Bengals from five back up to six. Yep. The Bills from four to five. The forty, the 49ers from three and a half down to three. Every ever move was right. I, I wonder what about tonight's game with the Rams going from four to three and a half if the Cardinals will be on the right side. When we come back, we're going to give you a Purdue-Illinois update. All I can tell you right now is that Matt Painter is going full Matt Painter. <laughs> That's right. We'll have the final burning question and a preview of Monday Night Football up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. 
I saw, I saw a nice tweet this week in a mall where somebody had the uh, citrus zen, and they thank you uh, for your recommendation of that. Amal, you promised an update on Purdue, Illinois. This game started at 9 o'clock from Assembly Hall in Champaign. Yeah, absolutely. Terrific matchup here. Illini, one-point favorite on their home floor. Remember, Purdue comes into this game 3-2 and two in league pay, play. Illinois, 6-0, a crucial game for the Boilers. They had as high of a 13-point lead in this game, Mike, in the second half, but they went full Purdue late in this game. They had a four-point lead with less than a minute to go. And we find ourselves in overtime. And if you've got the under 147, a tough beat here. But here's what I don't understand. Stefanovic, in a tie game, decides to shoot a three. You've got a great little anecdote about shooting three-pointers in a tie game. Shocking man, Painter didn't drop a better play. <laughs> yeah, this was, a, this, was a, this was the Midwest um, second, right? second round game. It was the oh. second round game to get to the Sweet 16 and kept North Carolina streak going. They upset. They were an eight seed. They upset number one Oklahoma. Billy Tubbs' team was number one overall in the tournament, the number one seed in the region. It was a tie game. North Carolina had the ball, and this was in Austin. North Carolina the ball under the, under the basket with eight seconds left or something like that. And they ran a play. They hit Rick Fox on the back door. He made the layup as time expired. King Rice to, to Rick Fox. And Billy Packer interviewed. And Brent was in studio, I remember, yeah. at the time. Billy Packer interviewed Dean Smith on the sideline about what was your thoughts on the last play. He said, well, we... We, we wanted to get the ball into King Rice and then get the ball back to Rick on the wing. And I told Rick, remember, Rick, we only need one. It's a tie game. We don't need three and we don't need two. Take the ball to the hole. It's amazing. They take a 23, 24-foot shot in a tie game. I don't understand why these guys take three-point shots in a tie game. You know, if you win by one, two, or three, you still win the ball game on the last shot of the game. All right, let's finish the last burning question yeah. before we get to tonight's game at, at SoFi. In 1998, the debut... Solo album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, featured a track, Everything is Everything. The Niners-Cowboys game featured, Amal, absolutely everything that we predicted. A creative and effective running game by the 49ers. They rushed for 170 yards. Dak coming up small on a big stage, 24 for 43 for 254 with a touchdown and an interception. Jimmy G turning the ball over at a critical <laughs> time. And abhorrent game management from McCarthy. The Cowboys have made 11 playoff appearances since the bootlegger son guided them to their last Super Bowl title. <laughs> they have yet to reach an NFC championship game in those 11 appearances. You spent a decade in the Metroplex. Who needs to go? Dak, Mike, Jerry, or all of the above? All of the above. And let's start at the top. Look, Jerry has done a tremendous job. Very charitable guy. Covered the Cowboys for a decade. I'm, I'm a fan of Jerry Jones personally. I think he's a terrific person. But when it comes to decision-making, this team leaves a lot to be desired. I think he didn't give enough credit. He finally did at some point in time when he, he verbally said it was Jimmy Johnson that helped build and design that franchise. But people don't realize how hard it was to draft those players and have the success. Jimmy didn't miss on too many guys. And that's the thing when you look at this Dallas team. The offensive line has not been as, as, as good, excuse me, has not been as good as it has been in the past. They've got to be able to run the ball more effectively. Zeke, 12 carries for 31 yards. And by the way, I was saying to you guys yesterday, Pollard, listen, they can run the ball on the outside. When they were running him up the middle, it was like an eight-year-old kid running. They were hog-tying him. You know, people who want to put Pollard in there as a starter. That's fine when Zeke softens up the middle, but they couldn't do that yesterday. This team continues to struggle. I've said this all along. Dak, you know what the problem with Dak is? He's just good enough where you pay him. It's like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo situation, but he's never going to be good enough to win you anything. That's the bottom line. They're in a very easy business. It's about the Lombardi Trophy. You want to win Lombardi trophies, you need a Mahomes. You need a guy that's going to be a Hall of Famer. You need a Brady. You need a Rodgers. These guys aren't winning with Dak Prescott. His accuracy leaves a lot to be desired. We saw it in the game yesterday and some of the throws. Just horrific passes in certain situations, Mike. 
And then Mike McCarthy, everybody's known all along. You got Aaron Rodgers, you still can't coach. We saw throughout the course of the season the bad clock management. And you talk about coming down at the crucial situation. I can't wait till Frank Schwab comes on on Wednesday. He'll talk about this. The decision-making by Mike McCarthy was absolutely killer to this team on the clock. All right, let's move on to SoFi uh, uh, tonight in this game. Part three between the Cardinals and the Rams. This game opened four them all, ticked down to three and a half in favor of the Rams. The total sitting at 50 tonight. Cardinals are 12 to one to win the NFC. The Rams are plus 650 to win the NFC. We know you have your future tickets yep. on the Rams here. How do you see tonight's game playing out? I think it's the toughest game of the six games this weekend. Uh, I thought some of the games... You know, you look at Philadelphia, I was surprised by the line moved down. Uh, you and I both like San Francisco this weekend. They were never in uh, a threat to lose that plus three. Even if the Cowboys score, the only thing you're hoping is they don't miss the PAT. Um, when I look at this matchup at three and a half, I think this number is absolutely right. I thought it was at four. You'd probably take a look at the Cardinals here. But without DeAndre Hopkins offensively, I have some concerns about how efficient this team can be. That's going to have an impact. And then Matthew Stafford's got to get off to a quick start. If he can do that, I think this Rams team's got a great chance can they cover Cooper Cup? Can they slow him down? I think Cooper Cup's going to have a monster day. I'd love to see what his props are. I, I would be taking Cooper Cup over eight and a half to nine catches. I think he's going to have a big day. All right, let's get into the props. Let's start on the Cardinal side of it with Kyler Murray. Uh, passing yards over under them all, 253 and a half. I'm going to go over because I believe the Rams win this game. Now, it might be a tight game. You're going to have to throw the ball. And remember, on the last drive, you can almost pick up, theoretically, 75 yards passing, if not potentially more. Uh, so I, I would go over on Kyler Murray there. Uh, passing touchdowns over under one and a half. The under juiced one forty. You can get plus one five, plus one hundred five. You think he's going to throw two or more? I don't have an opinion on that one. Interceptions, yes, plus one hundred five. No, minus one forty. Ooh, that's a big number on the. By the way, where, where, where are you getting the numbers here? Minus one hundred five and plus one forty. Minus one forty. Minus plus one hundred five comes from DraftKings. Holy cow. Uh, El Chapo in charge of the numbers here? We welcome our ant overlords. All right, here's the one I think is the most interesting one, though. Rushing yards for Kyler Murray. I actually like this prop. Over under 38 and a half. I like the over. I think if Cardinals win, he has to go over this number. I'm with you. If you like the Cardinals, bet it over. I I tend to agree with you there. Right. All right, now your guy, Matthew Stafford, um, a.k.a. the savior. Passing yards over under 273 and a half. Uh... I'm going to go with over if they're going to win the game. I, the running game is inconsistent for this team. Passing touchdowns. <laughs> over one and a half, you have to lay 205 juice. You get plus 155 on on uh, one or zero touchdown passes. Uh, again, no play here, but I would go towards the over on this one. Interceptions. Yes is minus 130, no minus 105. I'm going to go no here. I, I feel like it's going to be a no unless you get beat on a Hail Mary situation. And then finally, rushing yards for Matthew Stafford. Over, under, one and a half. Over, minus 120. Under, very reasonably priced, minus 115. <laughs> I'm going to go with the over. Only 17 and a half cents each way. Okay. All right, I want to start out now with the, the, the matchups coming into next weekend. We do this game Wilder right. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I will get your reactions to the opening numbers on the divisional round games. Obviously, we don't know um, who is going to be playing at Tampa Bay. The winner tonight will go to Tampa Bay uh, over the weekend. Go ahead. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm going to tell you my guesses on the games real quick. You want to guess first? Yeah, I'll guess first real then, quick. Well, then you'll answer if it's wild or right. Yes, by, by the guess. All right. The first game on Saturday, let's start there. The first game on Saturday is in Tennessee with the Bengals playing the Titans. I think this line should be three and a half or four, obviously, in favor of Tennessee being at home. Yeah, three and a half. You're correct. So you're dead on there. Yeah, I think this number's right. That's where I thought the number should what be. What will Derrick Henry be able to give them? It's going to be interesting to see. I think that's going to be the key. 
Uh, I don't know how effective Cincinnati's defense will be in this one, but Derrick Henry's going to change the balance of this offense. If he's in there and effective, it, it, it's going to be really a big difference. Seen some money some places, including DraftKings, this game is down to three. I know you think three is wild. I do, actually. Right? Yes, I do. I think yeah. three and a half is the number here. Other places are at three and a half. Total of 47. Do you think the Titans um, match up well with Cincinnati? In other words, I thought the Raiders showed that the Cincinnati defense can be taken advantage of in the second. I don't know why they didn't keep running Jacobs. Jacobs was very effective on the ground. You can't throw the ball 50 times with Carr. I think there's an edict out from the NFL. You're not allowed to run the ball if you're <laughs> successful because San Francisco, you know, obliged the same way. So for me, it's about the fact that I think both teams can be moved on defensively by these offenses. Can you get enough pressure on Joe Burrow? If you don't get pressure on Joe Burrow, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to pick you apart. I, I would agree with you as well, Amal. Um, let's take a look at the other AFC matchup. Really, uh, maybe the best matchup, the divisional round. The Bills, off their impressive victory over the Patriots, now go and play at Kansas City. Remember, the Bills won in Kansas City on a Sunday night in Arrowhead convincingly, this number very solid across. Oh, you want to guess? Go yeah, ahead. I'm going to say three on this one. It's two and a half. I think that's wild. I think <laughs> this number should be three all day. I, I mean, because to me, at two and a half, you're basically taking uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at home. I don't, I don't want to take – you're taking Buffalo on the money line or you're taking the Chiefs. Yeah, this game will be the later game on Sunday. Okay. Um, the later game, later game on Saturday, I'll let you guess this number, 49ers-Packers. Uh, four, four and a half. Five and a half. Um – you know, Bosa's in concussion protocol. you got to see if he's going to play or not. I want to see Warner's status. If those guys are both out, I don't think it's wild. I think that's probably right. Now. All right, when we come back, we're going to have our plays, and then we're going to run the board in college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with renowned author Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many, 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 many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm with Amal Shaw. Amal, another Illinois-Purdue update. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're in double overtime. Finally, the game's gone over the total at 147. But more importantly, Mike, <laughs> Illinois ties it up with a layup with about eight seconds left. Jaden Ivey casually brings the ball up the floor, decides to go full Steph Curry, in another tie game like we just talked about, he doesn't decide to toe the line on the three-point shot. No, no, no. We're going to go between somewhere between the three-point line and the logo. And, of course, he clangs it off to the right. And so we're sitting in double overtime. Purdue with a chance to go up four. They just got filed on a Stefanovic three-point attempt. So he's got two more free throws coming in there right now, plus two at 82-80. But, again, we just talked about it. Why the hell are you taking a three-point shot in a game where you're tied? A big game here for Purdue because they yeah. fall three behind Illinois in the loss column if they lose this game. They're uh, Illinois at 6-0 and in the league. Purdue at 3-2 and coming in. Yeah, but I think you're looking at it the wrong way. I'm trying to look at it from an optimistic standpoint. Think about how much money they're going to save Purdue fans from traveling to a Sweet 16 game where they're going to get bounced. Now, this is a Sweet 16 team, don't you think? They are a Sweet 16 team. But not team. an Elite 18? No, they have the talent to be, mm -hmm. but the problem is they don't have the coaching. Okay. All right, uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. We have a lot of early games in different sports. Uh, action going on in college basketball. 
the NBA and uh, the NHL right now. I want to talk about a couple ba- college basketball games where uh, you excel them all. And I want to start out with uh, a clash right at the bottom of the Pac-12 today from, from Tempe. Very well said. As the Utah Utes take on Arizona State. This game at 1 o'clock Pacific time and local time on the Pac-12 network from Desert Financial. Utah, 8-9 and nine overall, 1-6 and six in the Pac-12, having lost their last five. Arizona State, Six and nine overall, one and three in the Pac-12. Utah comes in having lost five in a row by an average of eleven points. Arizona State has lost three and oh, three in a row by an average of fourteen points, including getting routed at home by Colorado, seventy-five to fifty-seven. The Sun Devils laying two with a total of one thirty-eight. Amal, I just tell you up from the top, I don't have a play on this game. If I had to absolutely take it, I would take Arizona State. Utah's a bad basketball team. They just have no continuity on offense, very inconsistent. I just don't like where this team is heading. And to me, Mike, you brought up this Arizona State team. You want to know how bad this team is? Wells Fargo is one of the biggest businesses down in the in the, in the the valley down there. They pulled their sponsorship of this stadium, okay? That tells you all you need to know about ASU basketball. They're going to be looking for a new head coach soon. This team is highly inconsistent. They just don't play well. And by the way, Danny Hurley's one of these guys. This is what the whole problem with sports in general has become. Every guy, when they miss a shot, their team, everybody's fouled. Nobody's within their airspace in them, and it's a foul. I look at this Arizona State team. They can't shoot the ball consistently. Marion Jackson, the Toledo transfer, I thought he was really going to have a profound impact for them running the point. Has been highly inconsistent. They don't shoot the ball well. Too many turnovers. Uh, this is going to be a game for me that if you're going to take, you look at an in-play opportunity. Otherwise, I wouldn't touch this game. Both of these teams, to me, are the bottom tiers of the league outside of Washington and probably the the two, uh, Cal. Okay, uh, 5 p.m. in the Mountain West Conference, we have Wyoming in Reno to take on UNR. Wyoming 12 and two, one and zero in the Mountain West. Um, they won at Utah State over the weekend, 71-69, as a five and a half point underdog. They find themselves a two and a half point dog here uh, against UNR. UNR, I watched them on TV last week, uh, and I think it was last Wednesday at, at home against Boise. They were god awful. They they played absolutely. <laughs> I know. No, they play absolutely no defense at all. Boise beat them eighty-five to seventy, laying two and a half here. I don't know how much Alford's really coaching this team. Uh, total of one forty-nine. Yeah, well, let's let's get one thing out of the way. Steve Alford's not a great coach by any stretch. We saw the struggles he had at UCLA. Could have done a far better job there. Uh, this team really is relying on Sherfield and Cambridge in the backcourt in terms of what they're able to do, averaging almost 36 points a game. If they shoot the ball well, then UNR has got a chance here. But to me, if you're going to uh, if you're going to win this game, you've got to stru- uh, stop Graham Ik inside. If they can do that, they've got a great chance. And then if you're in a scenario where you get beat, put him on the foul line. He's inconsistent at the free throw line. I know he's about 67%, and I think that's where you can make hay if you're Nevada in certain situations. A, a very good three-point shooting team are the Cowboys at 36%, Mike. That's where Nevada's got to guard the line uh, in this one. And then push in tempo when you have the opportunities. Both teams will want to get out and run when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, I'm going to go with the home team here. I think UNR lane two here. They bounce back after an embarrassing game against Boise. I know Wyoming's record is very good, and they had a really good win in Logan. You mentioned it against Utah State. I I think Utah State's a solid team. And anytime you go in there and you get a road win against the Aggies is good. But I don't know if they get this one here in UNR. I think the... um, the Wolfpack get this one done. Total 149. I, I lean under here because uh, of Wyoming's style of play. Which is what? Which is a more of a slowdown style. We've seen them play in that desert, that Diamond Classic, uh, and we've seen them play on, on the road here. Games more in the upper 130s. Well, I think it's just a tad high, although 
my my comments earlier about UNR and their defense would uh, belie my position here. Fair enough, but the one thing I would challenge is this. It's really going to come down to the Wyoming three-point shooting. If they're knocking down shots, this game will fly over. If it doesn't, I think it stays way under. Now you can say that about a million games, but more so with Wyoming than almost any other team because they are so reliant if they're not moving the ball inside uh, with Graham. All right, let's stay in the Mountain West. UNLV is at San Jose State. This game's 6 o'clock on national TV. Uh, CBS Sports uh, from the, the Provident Credit Union Event Center in San Jose. UNLV, I had them Friday night in that game uh, against Fresno. They got down big. They got down double digits. They had a couple opportunities to tie the game up with a three in the last 30 seconds, uh, but didn't cover, getting getting one or one and a half. Now they go to San Jose. UNLV, nine and seven, one and two in the Mountain West. Um, San Jose State, seven and seven and 0 oh and two in conference. UNLV laying a pretty big number on the road here, Amal. Eight. I don't know. Is it, it's eight? Mm-hmm. I saw six uh, this, earlier today. I can't believe this line has gone up. Yep. I'll tell you what. I would take Tim Miles and San Jose State here. Mm-hmm. Better shooting team by a large margin here. This UNLV team really struggles from beyond the arc at 31%. Uh, continuously uh, inconsistent. That's the big thing. And the other thing with Bryce Hamilton, the leading scorer for the Rebels, Mike, I feel like he plays too much one-on-one ball. I think he's got to get more of his teammates involved. That's one of my issues when you look at him. Just two two assists per game for him. He's got to be more. He's got to be more of a creator. Get more guys involved. This UNLV team is just inconsistent. That's my problem with them. I think San Jose State and Tim Miles getting eight here. This is a. This used to be an easy victory every time you faced the Spartans last year. A completely different basketball team at this point in time. Thirty-eight percent from the beyond the arc. I, I like them catching eight. I didn't know this number was that big. Yeah, I, I thought it's too. I would have made the game about five and a half. I, you know what? I, this is going to be a play for me on the Spartans here today. Well, that's good. We'll have our plays coming up after the break. All right, let's go to the Big Ten. Three o'clock Pacific time, um, five o'clock local time. From Lincoln, the Hoosiers of Indiana take on the Cornhuskers. Amal, the Hoosiers, 12-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten. Nebraska, 0-7 in conference play, 6-12 and 12 overall. This game, 9 on the overnight, down to 8, 147.5. Do you agree with the move in favor of Fred Hoiberg's crew? Well, I do because I don't want to lay 10 points on the road with uh, Indiana from that 9 you mentioned down to 8. Remember, this is an Indiana team that really had a nice 5-7 to seven to 9-point working margin against Iowa the other day, and they end up losing the game. Didn't even get the cover in this one. Now, granted, the Hawkeyes are a completely different offense and defense compared to what we see out of Nebraska. Hoiberg's team has been inconsistent. That's been the issue with them. They got blown out by Purdue and West Lafayette last week. Mike, to me, when you're not a good basketball team, the one thing that you got to have is good defense. And per, and this Nebraska team just doesn't have that. I think TJD has a monster day inside. Jackson Davis has really been unstoppable at times. And they've done a really nice job of putting the ball out to the perimeter uh, when they have to look for three-point shots when he's not able to score inside or him or Race Thompson. So I think a good opportunity in this game if you're Indiana to get a road win here. I don't know if they cover or not. All right, let's switch to the NBA. Um, games in progress already all over the board. We have a game coming up that's going to tip in just about 20 minutes at noon Pacific time. Good matchup in the East. The Brooklyn Nets are in Cleveland taking on the Cavaliers. Cavs, only two games behind the Nets in the standings, laying three and a half at home here, all with a total of 221. Yeah, you know, remember for people that may have missed it over the weekend, torn MCL for Kevin Durant's going to be out four to six weeks. Obviously a huge blow for the Brooklyn Nets, but they will have obviously James Harden and Kyrie Irving in this road game. Uh, Take a look at this one. I I don't have a play on this one. Remember also Joe Harris and Paul Millsap out as well, along with Nicholas Claxton. So you do lose a little bit of the edge on the glass there. Um, I tell you, Cleveland Cavaliers, what a turnaround this season has been by them. Um, Where do you project the Cavaliers finishing in the East, Amal? 
You know, to me, I think they're probably somewhere in that six to seven range. You I think, think they'll sh- be in the play-in. Um, what is that? Seven and eight? Yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I think they can find a way potentially to hold on. That they'll be okay there. Um, Hornets kind of nipping at them at uh, two and a half games back, but I think this team is just not there with those upper five teams in the Eastern Conference. I think they're just a tier below them. All right. Do we look at the odds to win the and the Eastern Conference? Nets still at plus one thirty, even knowing. Durant is going to be out. Bucks plus three twenty. Heat plus five fifty. Are you looking anywhere other than the Nets? Uh yeah, I think uh, Milwaukee at plus three twenty. I, I think they're being undersold and undervalued. What, listen, are we going to have a scenario in the postseason where Kyrie Irving doesn't play in home games for Brooklyn? Think about this: if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you play potentially four games there in Brooklyn. You have an advantage in those matchups against the Nets. Yeah, I. Do you make the number? What do you make a number in a series like that? Let's just say the series started today. How much of a difference is road and home with no Kyrie at home? It's not going to be a six-point difference in the number. No, it's not. I, I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I don't really have an answer for you there. But to me, I think Milwaukee is being just completely undersold. All right. When we come back, we'll have a mall in and the Palm Reader playbook. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. 
Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1 800 Gambler. Indiana 1 809 with it. Colorado 1 800 522 4700. Michigan 1 800 270 7117. Virginia 1 And Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off Playable. In New Jersey, it's Play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. Mike, where do you call if you're an Illinois fan and you don't like Brad Underwood as your head coach? I, I don't know. I guess you call Manhattan, Kansas, and then try to get your boy Bruce Weber back. What's his recruiting pitch? Hey, come to Manhattan. You can average 8.9 points per game. <laughs> all right. Over the weekend, Amal, you gave two uh, basketball plays on Friday. One was a very convincing winner. The other one didn't get there. Yeah, Illinois, Michigan. Uh, Michigan uh, didn't cover late. You've talked about this team. They continue to struggle. I'll tell you right now, they're sitting at 500. You know, Juwan Howard's out there thinking John, Jim Harbaugh after one victory. You might need to bring him into Chrysler after you win a basketball game. If you are going to win another one, this season remains to be seen. Mike, I want to point one thing out to all those Michigan fans. NIT, here we come, baby. NIT. Maybe. 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 They get a they couple may, conference get wins. Over, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then get over 500. Let's go to the Mountain West tonight here. A couple of plays. We're going to start with both teams at home today. Nevada against Wyoming. This thing is, by the way, I believe a 5 o'clock Eastern start time. So 2 o'clock on the West Coast. Correct. Um, UNR here, minus 2. I like them in this spot against Wyoming. And then San Jose State against UNLV, Mike. I think this number is off. I think it's way too high. There's no way UNLV should be laying these types of numbers against anybody. I like San Jose State catching eight in this one. Yeah, let me. I, I want to verify that I'm all um, on on that game. It's uh, five o'clock Pacific. Oh, five o'clock. Pacific. Yeah, okay, eight, o'clock, eight o'clock in the, on on the on the uh, East Coast. Okay, I have the carryover um, teaser from the weekend. I didn't get there with the Raiders first half under the blown whistle. Sort of took away any chance I had. And that game, the inadvertent whistle, depends on what would have happened on a replay. But I still have hit two teasers and one teaser still live. Remember, I wheeled everything to the Bucks. I uh, still have the Cardinals tonight, plus 11, to finish off that teaser. And then I'm with you with San Jose State. This number is just too steep on the road for a UNLV team that uh, struggles at time offensively at San Jose State tonight. I want to bring up, there's one college basketball game that tipped already, but yeah. we talked about it before the show. Uh, Martin Luther King Day special in the nation's capital, Notre Dame, um, playing against Howard. Yeah, I took Howard here plus 11. I just thought it was a few too many points. And I'll tell you one thing, Mike. This team has been competitive. They scored 81 against Villanova. Uh, we know Creighton couldn't do that in about six weeks if they were on the road. And so I think this is a team that could score the basketball. It'll be competitive. You have to win t- by 12 on the road. It's going to be a tough task. Notre Dame has played well. They came up short on Saturday in Blacksburg. Covered the number, though. They did cover the number. I thought You and I talked about it. We thought it was a little bit high. We thought that number should have been about four. They lose by six in that one. Notre Dame has played extremely well in a weaker ACC this year. But, boy, when you're laying double digits on the road in a big game nationally televised, if you think about it from a Howard Bison perspective, when are you going to get a national TV game? They'll be up for this one. Yeah. All right, I want to turn our attention back to the NBA uh, and then hit a few hockey games before we go. Bulls at Grizzly uh, today, Amal. Bulls 27 and 14, still atop the Eastern Conference. Grizzlies played very well. They have 30 wins as well. Obviously, they're on that, that we're on that big, uh, long winning streak, and John Morant playing so well. Amal, the uh, Grizzlies are laying eight and a half here at home with a total of 225. I watched the Bulls in the national TV game Friday night because I took them. I thought it was a bad spot for the Warriors. No yeah. Draymond on a back to back. They beat him by like a million. I'm the, the the fans at the United Center were booing in the second quarter. I think they outscored him by 30 in the second quarter. 
Is this Bulls team really going anywhere this year? Well, right now they're decimated with injuries, right? When you look at it between COVID and between injuries, with Zach Levine out with the knee injury, Alex Caruso with a foot injury, uh, Alonzo Ball out as well. This team has really been decimated. Uh, so for me, that's a key factor in terms of this team. You know, DeMar DeRozan has been outstanding. Uh, in terms of this matchup, Mike, not my kind of play here at eight and a half. I, I, I just, the thing that's hard for me right now is, and that's why I look at second halves in the NBA, hard to really gauge some of these teams when you look at it. You know, Memphis, I know they were riding an 11-game winning streak the other day, and you expect at some point in time they're going to drop, but they get blown out by Dallas at home. Didn't really see that one coming. So, uh, to me, I, I'm not going to touch this game, but this Memphis team continues to impress. No Dylan Brooks in the lineup here uh, for the Grizzlies in this one out with an ankle injury, but I think they win the game. I don't know. Do they win by nine? Do they win by seven? Do they? Who knows? I, I'm just not going to touch this game. Well, that game goes at 12:30 Pacific on TNT. The next game on TNT this afternoon. You mentioned the Bucks being yep. underrated in the futures market. They're going to be in Atlanta to take on the Hawks, who are eight games below 500. Bucks lane five and a half on the road. Amal. Yeah, this is a little bit of a high number for me, but I like this Milwaukee team. I thought the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, who both were the four and five seed last year, were a bit fraudulent. I didn't think they were as good as their records indicated. And these two teams have now regressed a little bit. We've seen it this year. The Atlanta Hawks basically having a fire sale at this point in time. Pretty much everyone but two players available out for this team. Obviously, Trey Young, one of the being one of those guys who's not going to be moved. Um, I think we'll get up for this game, but can they close out with this number? I would lean towards the home team catching five and a half. But I wouldn't. Pl- I'm not going to play this game because Milwaukee's capable of beating them by 12, 14 points as well. But for me, it, it really comes down to: Do you believe in the Hawks at home here, a team that's been inconsistent? Okay, the Jazz are at the Lakers tonight on NBA TV, 7:30 Pacific uh, time, local start there in LA. Jazz 29 and 14 coming into the game. Amal, the Lakers are under 500, 21 and 22. They just got called out by Magic Johnson, in danger realistically of missing the playoffs this year with LeBron. Jazz, four-and-a-half-point road favorites with a total um, off the board right now. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Here's the biggest problem with the Los Angeles Lakers. It goes back to they have given up 100 points to every opponent since December 12th against the Orlando Magic. Think about that for a minute. You're not going to win basketball games when you're giving up 100 points. That has been the biggest issue with this team right now. Until they find some consistency, I don't know if they can get things on track. You mentioned Lakers losers of three in a row here. They could potentially go to four in a row. Uh, By the way, got to give it up to the Sacramento Kings at Sleep Train Arena for playing that cold as ice reference to Russell Westbrook when he was Brick City, USA. Uh, One of the funnier things I've seen in a while. By the way, I'm sure it was LeBron James and the Lakers who complained to the NBA. They're no longer allowed to play that during games uh, when players are just absolutely hitting cinder blocks. (laughs) The total, uh, 230 and a half, uh, I'm all on this game. Well, look, you probably look towards the over. Again, the Lakers, this is the team, their last three losses have given up a buck 27, 125, and 133. I mean, until they start playing defense, how can you back this team? All right, let's switch to hockey. We've got a uh, start just afternoon here in about 15 minutes in Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you paid attention over the weekend, but there was a home-and-home with the Coyotes and the Avalanche. The Coyotes uh, went to Denver first on Friday night. Denver closed at $7 in a hockey game. They won in overtime. They went to the desert to play on Saturday. The Avs closed as a $4 favorite on the road. I believe they won 5 to nothing. And now we see what I consider another ridiculous price on a game between a very good wild team coming in here who plays well at home, obviously, but has given Colorado trouble in the last few years, played against them very competitively. And the Avs, minus 250 in this spot. You can get back 210 on the wild. You can get back, uh, only have to lay uh, a small price on the goal and a half with a total of six and a half. Am I right? Is this number out of whack? 
It is. I would have to take the plus goal and a half, or you take a shot with Minnesota on the, on the money line here. I mean, plus the goal and a half, minus 130 for a solid team. 22-10-2, Colorado 24-8-3. Kapokakinen in net tonight, 2.56 goals against against Darcy Kemper. Look, Kemper's been terrific when you look at the record of the team. I think they're 17-5-2. But to me, I, I don't understand. This is what I've been having a hard time with in the NHL this year, is when you look at these numbers, why are they so out of whack? The Kraken get ho- treated like home ice in Seattle is the greatest thing of all time. They're, like, thinking they're playing at Quest. They think there's a 12th man or something there. I don't get it. They got a sixth attacker on the ice the whole time. I have no idea what's going on here. I mean, this is not the Red Wings back in the day with the the Russian five. I mean, give me a break. I don't get it. This Colorado team, they're very good. But let's not act like this is the Edmonton Oilers of the 80s. You know, Mamal, I recall being on with Patrick Maher and Michael Lombardi last year um, when we were still welcome on that show. And it was we were talking about Colorado being favored as a $4 favorite in the series against Dallas, which Dallas eventually yeah. won. And I said they're betting this team like they're the Red Army team. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. Yeah, this team's done nothing. They, don't, they can't get past the second round of the playoffs. I don't understand it. You know, we see a similar team. I know the goaltending is better here, but when you look at Edmonton, their offense, mm-hmm. I, I, I get when you look at this team and how good they can potentially be and what we expect them to be. But at the end of the day, in the NHL, no team should be this much of a favorite over an opponent. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, Edmonton talking to Evander Kane. If you're the Oilers, do you add him to your roster? Well, it depends on what kind of poker games you got on the flights. Yeah, yeah I, I You got guys, that. you know, you want to make some money up if you're down. I know this is something you really pay attention to, but the Penguins are on an unbelievable run in first periods. They're like 10-0-2 if you bet them to win the first period in really? the last 12 games. They're at VGK tonight, and it, it looks like Yari's going to be a net. Do you take a shot with them in the first period as a small dog? I don't have a problem with that because, remember, the tie also benefits yeah. you. And based on what you've said, why not take a shot with them? It, it's an incredible run. Overall in the game, any thoughts here? Total of six. You no, know, Knights getting healthier today. They're going to have four players back in the lineup that they've been missing. Uh, this team is at, always tough at home, but um, I, I don't have an opinion on this. You know what's surprising to me is the price on this one. Because there are situations yeah. where I see the pens as, do- pens as dogs, and I don't get it. And this one now, they're only minus 105, and VGK is generally tough here at the Fortress. I think there's a shot Flurry doesn't play tonight. It hasn't been confirmed. No, it's going to be Robin, it? Le- Robin Leonard's expected I mean, to go. I mean, Leonard. He is going to go? Yeah. Then this price is too short. Yeah. I would agree with you there. I don't agree with the price as well. Thanks for joining us on MLK Day. Enjoy all of your early afternoon sports, and stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, it's Betting Across America. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details.